Weaves his way through neutral ice. Biega over the line. Dangles his way through. Biega, a dish. Oh, my goodness! Peterson kept it out! How did he make that save? You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Nugent Hopkins. It's a cleft bomb at the blue line. Nugent Hopkins again. Walks in behind the back. Cleft bomb shot. St. Peterson twice there denied. Peterson with two outstanding saves. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Once the dust settled on the Clifford and Campbell trade, I thought you guys might want a sense of what to expect as far as roster moves and the new goaltending reality. So on Friday, I reached out to Ontario Reign goalie coach Matt Miller and the LA Kings insider John Rosen. Matt's going to tell you what the goalie depth chart looks like now. But first, John will give his own farewell to Kyle Clifford and get you ready for what could be a very interesting February. So without further ado... Joining me now, LA Kings insider from the road this time, John Rosen. How are you doing today, John? Doing well. Uh, a new day, interesting day around uh, the Kings parts. It, it was interesting, weird to see the videos, the images, uh, the quotes of Kyle Quiff, Clifford and Jack Campbell from Toronto. We, you know, just the quotes, you read them in those players' voices, in their, uh, the way they say it. Um, you know, it, I, I I was going back when thinking about Cliffy a little bit, and there was a funny story around the 2013 trade deadline, um, where at the time, you know, it was possible, and the Kings looked at it a little bit, but there was basically an offer on the table that was uh, involving Clifford and Sam Gagne of, of the Oilers at the time. And um, it was something that the Kings chose not to do, and it was a good choice because Clifford ended up etching uh, a secondary assist on the Stanley Cup clinching goal that spring. But uh, I remember him walking back to where the media was standing and just having a big smile, that Clifford smile on his face and coming back to us and say, I get traded yet? Uh, <laughs> so, you know, to see the Clifford smile, uh, you know, we see that we know he's always one that's going to make the best out of uh, an interesting and different situation. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess as a Kings fan, it's interesting because now, you know, if you're looking at their assets, you can root for the Maple Leafs this year. You want to see Jack Campbell uh, win some hockey games, uh, which would result in the Kings third round draft pick in 21 becoming a, a second round draft pick. Whereas last year, you know, the Kings benefited from Toronto being knocked out in the first round, which helped net the team, uh, you know, Tobias Bjorn's foot. But, you know. I guess that's just a long way of uh, saying doing well, Jesse. Thank you for asking. <laughs> My pleasure. And don't forget, everybody, we are rooting against the Maple Leafs next year. <laughs> You're a oh yes, and we're rooting against them next year. Yeah, I to make that spoken like round a pick. true <laughs> Ottawa native that I'm speaking <laughs> right. with right now. Actually, born in Toronto, but family from Ottawa. Correct. Yeah. Oh, um, I get it. Okay. Okay. Uh, but look, I, you mentioned Kyle Clifford, and I, you know, I had spoken to <clears throat> my father the other day, and I was looking back at Clifford's career and. I mean, I mentioned it to him, and I'll mention it to you again. I had forgotten that Clifford had gotten hurt right away in Game 1 of the 2012 playoffs, um, a much bigger yep. part of the yep. 2014, and yet still tremendously popular. Um, I've been really, really surprised, may not be the right word, but um, but I'll just use it, uh, surprised at how, how many Kings fans deeply, deeply uh, care for Kyle Clifford. Oh, no doubt. And I, you know, I remember that, um, you know, it was a Byron Bitts boarding major that took him out. I want to say it was early in the first game it was too. Like five minutes uh, Bitts was suspended in that series. Uh, you know, I don't think Byron Bitts, you know, was the, you know, the, the Canucks 
missing link towards winning that series, <laughs> though that series was much closer than four to one, as all Kings fans who lived and breathed every single second of that uh, eight versus one upset remember. Um, but uh, no, he, he, he didn't play as much in that series, but man, was he just such a huge difference maker in that New York Rangers series. Uh, obviously the goal in game one, four or five points in those five games. Um, and just seeing that image of him leaping into the air with Alec Martinez uh, and Martinez talking about making his debut and, and joining the team the same year as Clifford. Um, I was really interested to see how the Kings would react going into their game at the New York Islanders. Uh, and again, as we write, we say nothing should ever be compared to last year. Um, the circumstances, but you know, I remember the game right after the trade deadline, you know, where they, you know, they uh, had an emotional shootout loss in Tampa in which they had a, you know, a late lead and then just got blown out in Carolina right after that. Mm-hmm. And so this was another one of those emotional kind of swing games. They lost a very difficult game in Washington at the very end. I was interested to see how they were going to respond. And basically it was a microcosm of their season. They responded well. They played hard. Their good emotional investment from their players won battles and then they lost. Uh, you know, it's a moral victory type of a game. That one got out of hand a little bit as the game elapsed. The Islanders were very, very good as that game progressed, especially in the third period, getting into the zone, planting themselves with the roots in front of the net. Anders Lee, uh, again, uh, so wonderful at what he does. Uh, guys like Matt Martin, uh, you know, a fourth line versus first line in the start of the third period. Um, you know, you know, getting that tying goal, those types of goals don't make coaches happy. But uh, I, I, you know, you don't want to search for the silver linings. They they came to play. It's a difficult time. It's a difficult thing that these guys are going through. Uh, and it's going to continue to get uh, to be a challenge because there's going to be a little bit more change to come. Yeah, every team changes every year over the course of the season. And frequently the team that you wind up with in the playoffs or at the end of the regular season bears very little resemblance to the team at the start. For example, the 2012 Kings, but this year, I mean, we stand to see a lot of changes. How many more trades do you anticipate between now and the deadline in late February? You know, I think you're going to see guys who are on UFA contracts plus Alec Martinez have a real strong possibility of moving. Um, basically, if, if a player is a UFA, if they don't have that contract for next year, um, the Kings are going to try and get value for them whether it's someone like Tyler Toffoli or whether it's someone like Joachim Ryan or perhaps Derek Forbert. I am not aware at any point right now of uh, any uh, you know, contract extensions that the team is discussing with, with players mentioned there. Um, but this is an important phase for the LA Kings and for Rob Blake because this is the last opportunity they're really going to have to be able to recoup for these players who have that value and can provide the futures in return. There are not many UFAs coming up in the upcoming years. I think next summer, uh, the summer of 2021, the only UFA as that we're looking at right now is Alex Iafalo. And there shouldn't be any issues there. He's a player that's really uh, developing into, uh, you know, a, a core important, you know, maybe secondary piece for this LA Kings team. I, I digress. Um, so, that is also around the time a year from now when the Kings, you know, they're not going to be looking to subtract. They're going to be looking again to nurture, to cultivate, to add. Um, so this is the last type of opportunity. You should expect guys like Tyler to fully to ultimately get moved. There are a bunch of teams that see him as maybe a B type option, which is why I don't think we're going to see to fully moved until much closer to the deadline. 
Um, but if some team wants to jump up and, you know, I guess go to the front of the line and um, integrate him earlier, maybe that moves him up. But I, my intuition says we'll probably wait a little bit on him. Um, you know, Trevor Lewis, you know, I think a you know, team that would probably be interested in him would also be a team like Washington uh, that's looking for somebody with experience, killing penalties, versatile players that can play center. Um, so that's a possibility as well. Uh, you know, and then Alex Martinez, who does have one year left on his contract. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I've heard Nashville has been reported there. I do believe David Coyle back in uh, thousand, I want to say 12, 13 season back when, uh, the Kings weren't always playing Alex Martinez every single night. Uh, you know, they, they really, I don't know if they made a push, but they were interested as any team would be. I mean, uh, you know, great, great defensive player. And, you know, uh, we could uh, go on a whole other tangent about his fight against the New York Islanders, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, uppercut he popped Casey Sezikis with. Um, and that was really cool to see Jonathan Quick come out and slap his stick on the ice for. I like that too. But, um, you know, these are all, all some of the guys uh, uh, that have uh, potential um, to be moved. Basically, if there is a team with a need of that type of player, there have been calls made. There have been some discussions to some degree. You mentioned next summer and how many players uh, won't be, um, you know, unrestricted free agent at the end of ne next summer. And I want to just bring up the Seattle expansion draft only to say this, because I see it, I see it brought up on Twitter, on Facebook, on all the message boards, you know, people are asking every King's personality on Twitter about it. And I, I just want to throw this out here. I've said it before, but the only two forwards, sorry, three forwards who are under contract past the Seattle expansion draft was, which is important because every team needs to expose at least two players who are under contract that have met a certain number of games. And it's Brown Carter, and uh, Kempe, all three of them with just one year of contract left after that expansion draft. And I would fully expect the Kings to not protect uh, Carter and Brown just because of the age and the cap hit um, and the amount of salary left on their contracts. They wouldn't be appealing choices for the for the Seattle team. And that basically takes the Kings out of any danger of being significantly hurt in that expansion draft with Peterson presumably being protected. Yeah, um, the Kings so I mean, are in a yeah, they, yeah, they're not in any position to worry about heading into into the Seattle draft. I mean, if they, if the Kings are in a position where you're starting to get nervous about this player or that player or having to make difficult decisions, that that's actually a really good sign that there has been an emergence of some player because right, right. as of now, you know, LA can protect seven, three, and one. Um, you know, on defense, Drew Doughty, uh, Kale Clegg, uh, you know, Matt Roy, Sean Walker. There, you know, there's going to have to be a decision made uh, there at some point. Um, but, you know, guys like, you know, Gabe Velarde is exempt, Rasmus Kapari exempt, you know, all those younger players, Jared Anderson Dolan is exempt. Um, so they're not going to have to worry about that. So uh, not not expecting that to uh, present a concern, but also, you know, it's hard to say just because we don't know of, you know, which stock rises and, and, and which one falls. Defense, you can take a little bit of a look at, but uh, I, 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 I don't. Isn't, isn't um you know, really operating, I should say, you know, the, the main focus is recouping right now. So I don't yeah. see that being a major concern as it heads to the deadline. Now, I've said it in the past and I'll repeat it now yeah. again, and I hope everyone's listening. The Kings will be more uh, hard pressed to find players who qualify um, for, for to be taken than they will trying to protect everybody. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. And it is, you know, it, it is important just because it, you know, I, we, we spoke about Clifford a little bit and it is, Important to mention, and you know, some might not 
you know, recognize the need to, you know, the waiver requirement uh, as it relates to yesterday's trade. Um, and you were the very first person, I, I believe, to, to raise this. And you were probably the first to say, hey, it's most likely that uh, that that Cal- or excuse me, that Jack Campbell will be traded, mm-hmm. um, which is that, you know, starting next year, all three would have to pass through waivers. There's no scenario, Kings fans, in which the Kings are sending Jonathan Quick, the minors with three <laughs> years left on his contract. Yeah. Uh, there is, uh, you, you know, and so you know, you're not going to lose Cal Peterson for nothing. So, you know, Jack Campbell, you make a decision and, and Cal Peterson is going to be given a pretty good opportunity to go forward. And it's now interesting too, because there's a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, missing link there in the, in the King's pipeline, once again, in which uh, I'm interested to see. And I, you know, I'm going to chat with Richard Seeley, chat with the team about uh, how they'll handle the starts going forward, whether there's going to be a, a veteran going in there to Ontario with uh, Matthew Valalta. But uh, beyond, uh, you know, beyond, beyond Peterson, uh, a lot of younger goalies uh, in this LA King system. Uh, Valalta, uh, I've liked what I've seen from Jacob Ingham in development and training camps uh, and Cole Keeler. Um, but, uh, you know, beyond that, you know, some of the, probably the highest end prospect right now is, uh, Parikh, uh, in, in Spokane. Uh, and he's still, you know, many years away from being somebody to contribute, you know, professionally, at least in the NHL level. So that, that's, that's a ways to go there. I'm interested to see again how they handle this, uh, this goaltending pipeline. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk to Matt, um, Miller in just a second for the goaltending coach from the rain. And actually, while you and I were on this phone call, uh, the Rain have signed goaltender Kevin Poulin to a PTO um, and sent Chaz Redekop to the Fort Wayne Comets. So it looks like, uh, I'm assuming I'm saying that right. The Poulain. questions are answered. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, I'm assuming it's yeah. Poulin, P-O-U-L-I-N, and I'm assuming he'll back up uh, Valalta in Ontario. Um, oh, we'll see. They they need to win games. They want to win games, and they need a veteran. I don't think, uh, you know, I think that they're going to put in somebody that's going to give their players the best opportunity to win. Valalta will be handled still with a little bit. You know, I don't think that, you know, Peterson go, going up changes too much of how they plan on using Valalta. We'll see. But again, you know, I got uh, I got some chats. I want to chat with uh, Richard Seeley for a little bit and find out uh, what's happening there. Uh, but 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 interesting time with the big club. Some news going on with the Kings, and um, there, there's going to be a little bit more of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you before I let you go, uh, Trevor Moore. You know, you're way more plugged into the Junior Kings and local um, youth hockey than I am. What do we know about him? You know, you've I know you've spoken to him. How do you anticipate him fitting into this this locker room and this team? Yeah, you know, he's a player that's going to probably find a home alongside similar types of players. Guys like, uh, you know, Blake Lazat, um, you know, would be a, a similar type of a player, you know, a slashing forward, good back checker, good four checker, uh, really good speed. He's quick, quick to pucks, uh, you know, kind of that puck hound that helps win you pucks back. And he's pretty tenacious. Uh, he can score too. I spoke with, uh, Carl Grundstrom about him today, uh, called him a great teammate. Uh, said someone, you know, what, you know, what was his role on that Toronto Marley team? And, you know, he's a scorer. He was somebody that at that level, uh, was scoring goals. So right now, uh, he's looking to show that he can be that type of a player as well at the NHL level. Um, so I'm not quite sure where we're going to see him slot in. He will play against the New Jersey Devils, uh, but practice on Friday was mostly special teams with not too much bumping and uh, pushing and shoving. So, uh, you know, good, good energy. You know, I think, you know, a, a speed checking type of a line, uh, 
you know, ideal scenario, I, I always look back to those types of players and you know who I go to the, uh, the, the Corey Millen, sure. the, uh, the Pat Conacher is those types. So, uh, Corey Millen, hopefully a, uh, a similar type of a player and Alex, I follow one of those types of players, but, uh, obviously, uh, you know, not, not quite with a high ceiling as somebody that's, that's going to finish with over 20 goals in the NHL this year. Well, the upside of trades is that there's always a new player to get used to and to be familiarized yourself with. Wow, can't talk today. Uh, but anyway, I want to appreciate you coming on, John. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Good time to talk. Jesse, anytime. And uh, enjoy New York while you can. I will do. Thank you so much, Jesse. All right, talk to you soon. Joining me now, Matt Miller, goalie coach for the Ontario Reign. How are you doing today, Matt? Great. How are you doing? I'm good. Now, you and I have found ourselves sitting next to each other at a handful of Ontario Reign games this year. And obviously, uh, Cal Peterson has been recalled by the Ontario Reign to the LA Kings. Kings fans at this point, fairly familiar with Cal Peterson, but just a refresher, what do we need to know about his playing style, his personality, and his compete level? Uh, his playing style is, I would say, uh, when he gets his feet set, he's in the right position. Uh, he's excellent at uh, controlling rebounds and uh, uh, managing the game. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of extra work for himself. Uh, I think he also has the ability to make uh, game-saving stops just with his competitiveness and his athleticism. I think he, he has fills the bottom of the net well. He's got really good reach with his arms and his legs. Uh, I think he's a, a student of the game, and I think he's extremely intelligent. So I think you're going to see him uh, continue to grow uh, as a goalie once he's around guys like Jonathan Quick and Bill Ranford daily. And I think he's just going to learn from the game itself. So I think right away you're going to see a young guy that uh, has a lot of potential, a lot of promise. And I think he's going to start to form himself into uh, an everyday NHL goaltender before your eyes. I think we've had the conversation before where we said he may be the one goalie who who definitively isn't uh, the stereotype of the crazy goalie. Exactly right. I think in my, um, you know, my time with him on the ice, well, even way back to the beginning of the summer, uh, went out to go see him, uh, his time on the ice that was with him, and then also just going out and hanging out with him away from the rink. He's uh, probably one of the most normal uh, hockey players, I'll put it that way, that I've ever been around. And we we had him on the Rainy Day podcast earlier in the season, and they asked him why he chose number 40. And I was expecting some sort of, you know, either heart-tugging emotional story or quirky, you know, superstition thing. Or And it really just came down to he used to play defense, and then he switched to goalie, and they he needed a new jersey, and that was the one they had available, and he's just sort of stuck with it. Um, seems yeah, just like yeah, a really sort of meat and, meat and potato kind of guy. <laughs> Yeah, and I think uh, getting to know him over the, the course of, I don't know, how many ever months that I, he and I were here together, uh, he really is he, from Waterloo, Iowa. His his family kind of uh, came up uh, through, through a family business, and his, I think it's his dad and his, his uncle, which is his dad's brother, ended up taking over the, the business together. So they're pretty much uh, salt-of-the-earth people, and they've, uh, you know, kind of, I think that was a good starting point for Cal to be uh, kind of a, in a family where work and, and was, was valued and he was able to, uh, you know, have a supporting family that, you know, even though he was in Waterloo, Iowa, was able to support him going through hockey and, and then going to Notre Dame obviously speaks to his intelligence. You know, it's not an easy school to get into. 
and uh, to be able to keep yourself eligible and continue to learn. And uh, I'm not sure if he's done his degree yet, but uh, I know that's definitely something he would probably do if he hasn't already done it. And uh, wore a letter as a goalie in, in Notre Dame, which is allowed in college, but not in the pros. And a really interesting side point is when I was with Dubuque in the USHL, which is uh, number one feeder for, for college hockey, um, we did a project looking back on uh, leadership and experience of teams that had made it to the Clark Cup final. And the Clark Cup is like the Stanley Cup of the USHL. And I think it was in five years worth of research, um, there was only one goalie that had worn a letter through the USHL uh, into pro or into college hockey and then into pros. And that was Cal out of all the goalies that had researched. Um, he was the only guy to actually hold a, a leadership role through, uh, through those three levels. So USHL um, college hockey and then pros. Uh, he was one of the only goalies to, to hold a, a, a letter at one of those levels. There you go. Uh, let's talk about his uh, replacements, too harsh a word, but let's talk about the man who's going to presumably play the, the minutes in net in Ontario, and that's Matthew Villalta. Mm-hmm. Kings drafted him in uh, 2017 in the third round, plays three years for the Sault uh, Ste. Marie Greyhounds, um, then uh, has split time this year between Ontario and Fort Wayne. What do Kings fans and Ontario Reign fans need to know about Matthew Villalta's game? Um, I think there's definitely a blueprint for the guys that have been drafted. And I think that the competitiveness and the athleticism of these guys uh, sticks out right away, that they don't give up on pucks. Um, they're able to make uh, really tough saves look fairly routine. Uh, I think fairly similar similar to Cal's uh, growth as a player up, in, uh, up for the Kings, Matt's going to have to do some of the similar things here in Ontario and I think you know he's learning a lot about the game at this level and in junior hockey it's kind of run and gun and there's a lot of mistakes um, not to say that playing in the AHL is perfect but I think those mistakes are a little less and really getting Matt to, fo- getting Matt to focus on his job and his responsibility at this level is, is, is a big education for him because he's used to covering uh, you know up for a lot of a lot of kind of I don't want to say mistakes, but maybe misreads by his team. And in junior hockey, that happens a lot. But uh, learning as a pro here on ice, just focusing on his role and his responsibility. And then I think uh, the other thing that he brings, like he's got a very unique personality. He's very, uh, I almost say, uh, close to like a Marc-Andre Fleury. He's always got a smile on his face. He's really easygoing. Um, I think he, when he does get in the net, he's very competitive. I think he does a good job of kind of uh, sexuating that off where off ice he can be kind of uh, happy-go-lucky and kind of carefree. But as soon as he kind of steps into the blue paint, he kind of hits a little bit of a switch and he focuses in on, you know, competing and, and wanting to keep the puck out of the net. Does that attitude carry over onto the ice? I mean, like, can he help relax some of the tension on the team if it's late in the third period and it's a close game, something like that? Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I think he, uh, he just has a natural, uh, ability to, um, insert that, though, I wouldn't say humor, but that kind of lightheartedness at, at the right times. And it's not like he goes around telling jokes and, uh, just wants to get a laugh out of guys. I think he, he knows when and where to kind of break the tension and, and, and 
just going to help not only with his play calm things down, but also with, with just his words and his actions. So the other goaltender uh, that's in the pros in the Kings pipeline at this point is Cole Kaler. He's currently with the Fort Wayne Comets. Um, not clear if they'll recall him to play backup minutes to Valalta or if they'll let him stay in uh, in Fort Wayne and, and get more playing time, presumably. But what uh, he's about the same age. What can we say about Cole Kaler's playing style? Actually, he's older. I didn't... Uh, yeah, he, he's he's done a really good job down at Fort Wayne. Um, they have a very good team, and I think he's a part of their success. Um, kind of like Matt early on, he kind of had to go back down and find his game a little bit. And he's done very well. He was goalie of the, the week, I think, a week or two ago. So he's definitely hitting his stride. Uh, you know, there, there's things that uh, they've both done with their opportunities to really – uh, for some, some tough conversations and difficult decisions. So I think they both taken the opportunities that they've been given and done a, an excellent job. Uh, I think Cole has, um, a little bit more of a, a positional element to his game and really relies kind of on, on his size, a little bit bigger guy, a little bit thicker guy. I think, uh, you know, he, he may not appear to move as much or be as, uh, active in the crease as some other goalies, but I think his game is a little more positional and a little more, uh, uh, you know, thought out. He's standing where he wants to stand. He's trying to control his rebounds. And I think, uh, the less he's doing, the, the better he is. We've heard a lot that the gap between the AHL and the NHL can be huge for a goalie. Cause as you referenced earlier, there's a lot more misreads, a lot more broken plays, a lot more mistakes, maybe at the AHL level. Is the drop from the AHL to the ECHL an equivalent distance between the AHL and the NHL, or or is it about, or is it closer? Uh, this is just kind of speculation. I think it would be more because you're going to have guys in the NHL that have had, you know, anywhere from ten year, twenty year career, maybe in the NHL. Uh, I think in the ECHL, you're going to have journeymen that have played maybe a lot of different places, but I think that that high-end skill that you see in the NHL and that, uh, the, the depth of experience that a player may have, uh, I don't know if you see that necessarily in the ECHL. Um, I think you're going to – so I think the gap is a little bit a higher jump going from the AHL to the NHL just because of the, the, the talent and the experience. Let's go ahead and take a look at the rest of the uh, of the depth chart in the in the, in the net. So I was about to say the blue line. Um, we've got uh, Lucas Parikh, David Rennick, Jacob Ingham. Um, I know that you try and get out and visit as many of these guys as possible, um, as frequently as possible. But it's not always easy. Is there uh, anybody in the depth chart that stands out to you as having a particularly good year? Um, right now, uh, Jacob Ingham has done uh, really well, um, especially through a coaching change. Uh, they uh, went through a coaching change, I think it was uh, before Christmas sometime, and uh, they're kind of at the bottom of the pile of their division. Uh, since then, they went on a pretty big run and strung a lot of wins together and got a lot of points. And I think he was, he was a big part of that. Watching the clips, his team does have a lot of skill and does have a lot of structure. Um, but as in junior hockey, we've kind of discussed there's misreads, there's breakdowns, there's, you know, matchups that don't kind of 
play out. So I think he's been a big reason why they've been stable and steadily climbed up uh, the uh, the rankings in their division. I think they're probably ranked in the, the top 10 now in, in the CHL, uh, I think. So they, they definitely, he's helped them kind of turn the season around. And Kitchener is not an easy place to play. There's a lot of eyes there. There's a lot of expectations. So I think he's done a great job with their goalie coach, Kane Kesey, to just focus on his game. And, and play a, a style of hockey that he can he can be proud of, and that he can uh, go to bed at night and, and know that he put a, a, a honest effort in. Yeah, as you said, a nine twenty two save percentage so far for this season, and I'm quickly trying to find uh, the Kitchener Rangers. They're now currently third in the Western Conference at thirty twelve mm-hmm. and five. So that is uh, seven one and two in their last ten games. That is quite the run. Um, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, when the trade happened. Yeah. Uh, the other day for uh, Campbell and Clifford. I was interacting with some people on social media and they singled out Lucas Parikh as being, uh, quote unquote, the future. (laughs) Um, Now he's 18, so I suppose the future, you know, he could be five years from now, six years from now, he'd be about the same age as Cal Peterson. But he's six foot four, he's 185 pounds from the Czech Republic. Um, Is there anything particularly about his game that, that screams to you, this is a this is a prospect with a high, high ceiling. A lot like Cal and Matt, he, you know, he's kind of still growing into his body. So there's some room physically for, for strength and for power, which is great because Matt Price and uh, the guys here in, L, uh, in LA do a great job uh, taking care of our prospects. So um, I think that's the first thing that he has. He has a big, big window to, to develop strength and power. I think off of that, then his, his skating skill and his athletic ability, I think those things are, are crucial, uh, as they come up. Uh, I think he has at his size a, a similar kind of skill set. And this isn't just, just so people get an idea. I wouldn't say he's going to be this player, but like a carry price, he's, he's a bigger, taller body. Um, he can move and he moves well kind of collected, which means he doesn't really kind of swim in the net. He gets himself kind of into a position, is able to push, and I think he's still learning the position itself. I think at times he does kind of maybe push too hard or too far or do try to do a little too much. Um, but I think coming to North America and really learning the game here and how quickly things happen has really helped him understand how he wants to play uh, in the future. And I think people are definitely not wrong. I think there's a lot there. Uh, to work with and there's a lot there uh, to, to understand why he was drafted and why he's you know seen as a prospect and uh, currently it looks like uh, 285 goals against with a 911 save percentage and I am looking at the Western Hockey League standings and I have to confess it doesn't make it it doesn't it's not immediately clear what's happening but it looks like the Spokane Chiefs are in uh, third place um, with 61 points and six and four in their last games. Matt, I want to thank you very much for joining me for this uh, glimpse down at the uh, goalie pipeline. Definitely. Anytime, Jesse. And as we always say, everybody go out, get some tickets to the Ontario rain. It's a fun time and a chance to see the Kings of the future. Thanks again, Matt. We'll talk to you soon.